it's in the air, this could be out. Diamond's underneath it, will he catch it? He's got good hands, he's got him, yes he has. Diamond's got him in the deep, having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is the captain of Ireland, William Porterfield. He talks about his team's performance in the 2015 World Cup, ICC's decision to reduce the 2019 tournament to 10 teams, and also the impact of a golden generation of Irish cricketers on grassroots cricket back home, amongst other things. Welcome to the show, William. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, how are you doing coming back from the World Cup? Yeah, doing very well, thanks. I uh, had a bit of time off before we started back in with Warcher, so... Uh, Feeling fresh and just looking forward to getting started with the county season. And, and as the uh, tournament ended, uh, what was your take on how Ireland did in the tournament this time? I think, obviously, on, on reflection, looking back, I think we played we played very well. Um, obviously, we were disappointed that we didn't didn't manage to qualify, missing out on run rate. But uh, as I said, looking back in the tournament, I think we had, we did a lot of really good things and played some very good cricket consistently throughout and. Uh, uh, the games that we lost, uh, just we're being a better team just on the day. Um, your batting seemed to be working just fine, you know, putting up big scores, uh, but it was the bowling that seemed to be uh, letting you down, possibly prevent you from that quarterfinal berth, uh, which was quite well within your reach. Uh, but uh, so, absence of Tim, perhaps Boyd, uh, and it was quite puzzling from the outside, uh, you know, because coming into the tournament, Craig Young was doing quite well too. Yeah, like um, I think obviously our batters did do very well. Um, and what were very good pitches, but on the, on the same token, I think that we left ourselves uh, a bit short in the last two games that we played. Um, so I think it's it's easy to to jump on jump on the bowlers, but what are very uh, pitches? I think that we did leave ourselves a few runs short, mm. um, especially against in India in that first game. We from a very good position, we, we probably left ourselves at least fifty or sixty short. It still may not have been enough, but it would have been a very competitive total. Um, and then against Pakistan, I think that we just kept losing. We, we lost a few too many wickets uh, to leave ourselves a lot of work to do at the back end to set up a very good total. And we obviously know Pakistan are very good side of bowling, especially at the desk. Um, so, yeah, it was just slightly disappointing that we didn't manage to capitalise there as well from a, from a decent niche start. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's easy just to, to put it on the bowlers. What was your expectation uh, going into the World Cup of if you achieve certain things, that is the minimum that you had to do, uh, and whatever comes after it is, you know, bonus, that sort of thing. What was your expectation going in, and how did it match with the performance on the field? Uh, we we spoken about it ourselves. It's, it's something that we wanted to do was get through to that quarterfinal berth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was, was, as you said before, was well within our reach and where we played, but uh, from the outside, I'm not sure... If many did give us that chance, we had, we had that belief within the squad and our preparation, uh, with individually and as a squad, I think was, was very good. And we brought that together and put in big performances. Obviously, uh, started that off against the West Indies, which we knew we needed to do. And, and we brought, put a really good performance together in all three aspects in that game. And, and that was probably the most comfortable win in the end hmm. that, mean, we, that we, that we did have. Especially that West Indies win, you know. For a lot of people, if if that were to have happened, you know, two tournaments ago, they were, you know, it would have been called an upset. But the fact that uh, it wasn't called an upset by everybody, I mean, there were some that talked about it, but that only showed that they weren't paying attention to island cricket. What was your 
thinking when the um, result happened, you were expecting it all along, I would think. Yeah, very much so. I think that we prepared for that and we prepared to, to win that game and, and to see, especially all three aspects, come together in the first first game of the tournament. It was a very good pitch and I think to restrict the West Indies to, to what we did was, was a very good effort and probably in around just about power on that pitch, but we went knocked them off with, with a lot of confidence and freedom and, and I think that that's, that epitomised everything we had spoken about before we, we built up to the tournament. We, start, we talked about starting with that positive intent uh, in terms of not tiptoeing into the tournament and I think we did that did that very well. Um, so, yeah, it was it was the most pleasing, satisfying victory, not just for the competition, but for, for a while it was, we've had because we brought those three aspects together and it wasn't a surprise at all for us. And obviously, your coach, uh, Phil Simmons, is now going to go be the coach of West Indies, in a twist of irony, I suppose. What, what, has, been his, what has been the impact of uh, his presence as coach over the last few years? And what aspect of his coaching do you think would you, would you miss the most? Um, I think his, his knowledge of the game is second to none. I think that he's, how he looks at the game and is obviously a very talented cricketer himself. But uh, he just brings that, that knowledge and experience from having played the game all around the world and, and just picks up on simple little things. Should, should it be technically or, or, uh, or how you go about playing the game? Um, I think a lot of his, the things he does are about results outcome and not, not necessarily too technical, but when he has to get technical, he, he can and, and just picks up on small things that make a big difference uh, within your game. So I think those are as, as me and strength as, as coaching. Uh, obviously, whoever comes in now, it's, it's, it's a big role to take on. Um, obviously, Simo's been there for, for eight years, which is a long time as, as well. So it's going to be a big change for for ourselves as, as players. And hopefully that transition uh, runs pretty smoothly. And uh, we're just looking forward to, get, to getting a new coach now is, uh, and, and getting stuck in with him. It's obviously been great having Simo there, but it's, been, it's a great opportunity for himself as well to, to go and coach his, his home country. It's obviously a dream for him, mm-hmm. I'm sure. To go and coach them, so obviously good luck to him as well. Obviously, the uh, 2015 World Cup itself you know, it was dominated by the IC- talk about the ICC's stance on reducing the number of teams uh, playing in the 2019 edition. You know, they have stated ICC uh, they have stated that there is a qualifying tournament for the last two spots and the top eight get into uh, automatic qualification. But you see that as a detrimental move, uh, detrimental to the growth of cricket, correct? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think obviously if we didn't didn't get that opportunity and qualify back in 2007 uh, as many other teams have done in the past and, mm-hmm. and step into that world stage I don't think cricket would be where it is in Ireland at the minute and it's probably the fastest growing sport in Ireland and uh, you've only got to go back home or, or take a look at the at, at what's happening in the game in, in Ireland to, to see that it's developing at a rate and, and uh, we are in a position to, to move on so uh, it is very frustrating because not only from our point of view but for anyone that's having to qualify for the World Cup and, and I think potentially do what we have done over the last few years and, and get that get that buzz going uh, back home in their own country. So I think the decision to reduce the teams is going to make it very difficult for anyone uh, to do that. And obviously to talk about giving us the opportunity to qualify automatically, yes, mm. in theory that's there, but... Um, we don't play enough games to to be able to qualify automatically, and even if we had won 
every game we've played over the last few years, which is very minimal. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have managed to get to eighth in the world. So the fact that they're saying we can't qualify automatically is, is kind of tongue-in-cheek, really, because we don't get enough fixtures to actually qualify. Um, so that's pretty frustrating. I mean, yeah, I, I want to talk about that specific point, uh, and I want you to expand bit more on it, which is that, you know, uh, Mr. Richardson has been telling every outlet that, oh, yeah, you know, if Ireland or Afghanistan were to qualify, uh, were to rise up in the rankings in the top eight, they automatically qualify. Wouldn't that be meritocracy? I mean, and ICC associates that meritocracy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas, could you, as captain of Ireland, could you explain further on how difficult it is to go from number 11 to number eight? Um, when you don't play, well, almost nothing against, you know, re- nothing regularly anyway, against the full member nations. Yeah, well, we've played it's nine, nine one-day internationals against top ten teams in the last four years between World Cups, which is, which is nothing. It's barely two series that a, that a top ten nation would play. So, yeah, if even if we had won those nine games, regardless of the opposition, we couldn't have finished, uh, eighth in the world, uh, by winning those, so we always have to play more games to be able to get up to that stage. But um, even if we play, we're going to have to play a lot of cricket between now and then. And arranging fixtures is, is very difficult with teams around you, teams teams above you in, on the rankings, because they're obviously looking to play teams that are in around them as well, or teams mm-hmm. that are above them uh, to move on. So obviously, it's very difficult for the board to arrange those fixtures. Um, so anything that obviously can be done to help us get those would be great. But, um, yeah, as I said then, to actually finish eighth in the world is going to be very difficult, not only for ourselves, but anyone that's, a, that's around us to, to progress up to there. Regarding um, teams around you, in this case, geogra- geographically, uh, you know, England, is it disappointing that uh, it's ECB that has uh, driven that um, movement towards uh, 10 teams in the World Cup, in 2019 World Cup? Yeah, Obviously, we play England every other year in a one-off, one-day international, but I think for a country that's, that's 40 minutes away, mm-hmm. by, by flight, I think we can obviously play them a lot a lot more often. Um, obviously, the teams tour England quite a lot, and I think that it would be ideal for, even if it's not a triangle series, but to play, play them in two or three one-day internationals before they play England or, or after they play England. I think that that could be worked into the, to the schedule pretty easily, mm-hmm. um, especially now with... with that's what we're crying out for, and especially the even the cricket in public in Ireland are, are crying out for that as well. And um, see more cricket against against the top ten teams, and especially in Ireland. So that would, that would be great if we could get to that stage where, especially teams turning touring England, it's not too much to to add on fixtures against Ireland. I wouldn't I wouldn't think, or even play triangular series with England uh, in England. So I think that that could be a, a very viable option, um, and hopefully it's one that could be exploited. I mean, in the the fact that you know it's um, also England and England Cricket Board that is pushing towards the ten team World Cup, which possibly could um, you know, which could possibly mean that you have already played your last World Cup for Ireland at the age of thirty. Um, you know that decision could be taken out of your hands. Yeah, it's it's obviously very very frustrating, and I think it's it's sad when you when you look at it like that that you're potentially looking at a lot of a lot of countries around the world that have either played or, or missing out an opportunity to, to qualify and obviously from a personal point of view and from an Irish point of view that would be that would be very disappointing especially when the, when the World Cup's so close to home uh, if we could 
qualify for that, then we'll sell out grounds. We'll at least get 75, 80% uh, Irish across to, to fill the stadium, so, especially with it only being across the water. So mm. from a marketing point of view, I think it makes perfect sense to have, to have more teams in, especially when, when it could thank you to ourselves as well, being so close to England. And yeah. um, I think we'll, the, the support that will be here would be tremendous for Ireland. Um, there is another question from a listener, Nicholas. Um, Nicholas Charland, he was the one that started the uh, change.org petition for ICC to exp- uh, you know, expand further back to uh, 14 rather than 10 for the 2019 World Cup. His question to you, William, is uh, would you support an associate breakaway from the ICC to get, it, get cricket into the Olympics? Um, that's an interesting one. Obviously, cricket in the Olympics is... It's something that's been talked about before, uh, especially in the the 2020 format. Um, I think that would be would be very good um, potentially if that was to, to happen. I think so it would grow the game even more. And in terms of a breakaway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you want to be really talking about that. I think you want to be talking about inclusion. I mm-hmm. think that the fact that there's full members and associates and affiliates and different names throughout the structure. I think that that could be one of the things that's, that's done away with. I think. That, You've got a ranking system. I don't see why international teams around the world have to be pigeonholed in different, uh, with, with different names and put in different categories. I don't see why we have to be an associate and someone has to be a full member. Mm-hmm. I don't see why that has to exist. Um, really, I think that we've, we've shown that we're capable of moving on and, and breaking through uh, and, and beating teams around us and, and teams above us. I think you obviously look at the likes of Sri Lankan. I think it was... Neil Jai Warden or, or Sangakar that said it during the World Cup was they didn't get the opportunity back when they did. They, mm-hmm. Then they wouldn't have won a World Cup as soon after as they, as they did do. Yeah. Um, not, not saying that would have been the case for ourselves, but I think that, that that shows what can be done. And you see it across all our sports and not just cricket. When the, the opportunity is given to the country to progress, and then they, they do that. So I think it's very frustrating that the teams are, like you say, looking to contract the teams as opposed to to grow them out of teams that's in a in a World Cup. Uh, it's just basically going to be another glorified Champions Trophy being played every two years. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, there is one more listener question from Srinath, and this is sort of a, you know, you have to make a choice. Between, if you were to make a choice between uh, getting regular fixtures over four years against uh, full member nations um, or a 14 team World Cup in 2019, which one would you take? I don't see why it has to be a decision. I don't see why it can't be both. Um, <laughs> I think if if we if we get those regular fixtures uh, throughout the four years, then we're only going to improve. Whenever we get together and play in regular fixtures against full members, which is every four years in the World Cup, we show what we can do and we show the progression that we have made. So if you give us regular fixtures throughout the four years building up, mm-hmm. then we'll progress even further in, in World Cups. So for myself personally, I don't see why that can't, that can't be incorporated into both. Uh, I wouldn't like to make a choice between both because I, I, I don't see why they can't be run run parallel together. So for me, it would be it would be both, and I think it's that's not an unrealistic option. I think it's a it's just common sense, really. I don't think it's uh, anything outside the box. And we've talked quite a bit about the uh, ODI game for Ireland. And, you know, you, you, uh, you've set up a domestic structure, first class structure. Uh, you have won the international continental cup. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, and and I'm sure you have definitely wondered too, why Ireland is not playing test cricket yet. Um, 
and with this new proposal that was put in last year, they said the ICC has said that uh, the winner of the Intercontinental Club will play the you know the tenth ranked Test team, and then be, by beating them home and away, you could actually play in you know get to play Test cricket without the rights of a Test playing nation as it exists. What is um, you know is, is that without any guarantee of FTP as well? Uh, what is your take on that? I think it's it's great to have that pathway towards test cricket. I think that um, we've still got a differentiate between obviously test cricket and playing a lot more one-day cricket and, and building that infrastructure back home. Um, obviously, test cricket is where every, everyone wants to be and every cricketer aspires to, to play. But uh, I think there's a lot of things that we've done over the last few years that have built towards test cricket. And I think that we're, we're well, on the, well on the pathway towards getting there. So I think it's it's a big thing to say we should be necessarily a test member now, but I think that in the next couple of years we'll be we'll be there thereabouts. So I think that that pathway is actually quite a good quite a good thing that's in place. Um, the only thing essentially that I don't agree with is the fact we don't play uh, home and away fixtures because there's so much riding in the competition. It's just round robin whether you play someone home or away mm-hmm. uh, within the Intercontinental Cup. I think that it could have been home and away, which would have provided a lot fairer results from, from anyone from anyone's side having the home and away fixtures but uh, it, it is what it is for now and I think that it's a it's a great opportunity for whoever wins the, the Intercontinental Cup obviously in bias so that's something we're targeting and something that I really want to win and get that opportunity to play against the the, te- the 10th ranked test team which, which every cricketer in Ireland wants to do now and, and it's great that that pathway has been set out so uh, hopefully that's Ireland that's, that's there thereabouts and one last question, William. Um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, uh, as we discussed, uh, 2015 could have, could become your last World Cup if things don't pan out the way they actually should. But you have been part of uh, three World Cup sides from 2007, uh, qualifying to that World Cup and qualifying to the Super Six uh, stage, um, to you know, leading your team in the last two and, you know, just missing out on the quarterfinal in 2015 World Cup. How would you describe the run that Ireland has had in those three World Cups and what is the impact of the so-called golden generation of Irish cricketers, including you, Joyce, uh, Johnston and the O'Brien brothers? Uh, what is the impact on the grassroots cricket in Ireland? Uh, I think if you look back to... The numbers from 2007, I think obviously we're pretty much an amateur side then. Obviously we had a few lads that were playing professional cricket then, but they were few and far between. So a lot of lads had nine to fives and, and we're pretty much were an amateur side. So, uh, that was obviously a fairy tale story. And then it's progressed from there where Irish cricket has come since then. It's been, it's come on leaps and bounds and in terms of back home and participation numbers of, did a lot more than, than double the, I don't know exact figures, but at least 150% up on numbers mm-hmm. from at least 2007 and 2011 as well. And you've only got to go back to, to Ireland and you speak to anyone about cricket and they're just loving the fact that we're playing such good cricket and especially in global events and, and, uh, and the game is progressing. So the, the cricket and culture that's developed and evolved back home is, is fantastic. And uh, I just really hope that ke- that keeps going. And for ourselves, a big part of that is, is playing in the World Cups and and to keep the game growing back home. So hopefully that doesn't die, as you said. Hmm. And uh, the ICC is supposed to come up with a decision about the 2019 World Cup, even though they've been saying the door is shut on expanding 
expanding to 14, what would, if you were to say something to Mr. Richardson or Mr. Srinivasan or whoever chairing that meeting, um, what would your uh, request be? Well, to think about the, obviously the growth of the game and, and how things have come for any nation that is in any sport that has come through World Cups. And you look at our, our story from 2007, how we've progressed. If, if we didn't get that opportunity mm-hmm. back in 2007, then I don't think we'd be where we are today. And, and you look at even Afghanistan's rise, it's a great story from, for themselves coming from, from Afghanistan and working their way up through the divisions. And that, that's a cricketing mad part of the, the world is, is South Asia, as we know. So, um, to see the likes of ourselves in Afghanistan and miss out, um, and, and our nations as well, what Scotland, Holland, and, and even UAE haven't qualified, what they've done over the last few years, mm. to not, now be not given that opportunity to qualify for World Cups, then I do think that cricket will die off in a lot of countries, and, and that we won't see that development of the game throughout the world, which is, which is pretty sad in my eyes. Hmm. All right. Um, on that note, William, thank you so much for being on the show, and I wish you all the very best. I hope to see you in the next Thank you very much.